I've lived the perfect life, I guess, when it comes to my work. I get to come to the yard every day and, you know, whether that's fixing the field or, or working with a kid or talking to a, a scout or a coach in the U.S. or it's, you know, it's crazy. Welcome to episode 171 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. The Canadian College Baseball Conference kicks off its first spring season since 2019 this weekend. The 2020 season was turfed, of course, in the initial aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic, and the logistics of the 2021 season meant they would have to wait for another day. And that day has finally come for those Western Canadian college teams, including Prairie Baseball Academy. At the centre of that program is Todd Hubka, who has seen it all since joining in 1996, first as an assistant coach to Blair Kubasek, before taking Taking the reins in 2010, he and I actually share the same hometowns, originally being from Carmengay, then going to high school in Claire's home. We randomly crossed paths again while he was coaching the Lethbridge Bulls while I was a young reporter in Medicine Hat. We've been able to share a few laughs over text and phone calls over the years, so it was only a matter of time before we had him on the podcast. We got the chance to talk about his upbringing, including throwing a no-hitter in high school, his coaching philosophies, and his expectations of his young PBA club this spring. Todd, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Oh, it's always a privilege, and uh, I appreciate you having us on here. It's uh, been a long time coming, but the CCBC is back to regular scheduled programming. How excited are you personally to finally get things back going again? Yeah, you know what? I it's it's been a crazy two years, and um, it's been a long two years, and a frustrating two years, and um, but you know I, I it, it's hopefully behind us now, and we can move forward with you know playing some baseball games and. Um, you know, looking forward to the team that we have this year and, and competing for, a, you know, a CCBC championship again. So, um, and I think we have the team to do it this year. So let's talk a little bit about that team you've assembled. What are you expecting out of this year's squad? Yeah, you know what, we're, because of COVID, you know, we only have, I think there's, uh, you know, three guys on our team that have played, you know, college baseball games you know, leading into this year. So we're, we're really young and, um, but I also think we're really athletic and I, I, I think, you know, as the season keeps going here, I think we're just going to keep getting better and better every weekend. And, um, you know, I, I think we're strong on the mound. I think defensively, I think this is one of the best defensive infields we've ever had at Prairie Baseball in the, you know, the 27 years that we've been doing this. And, mm. Um, you know, so if the pitchers, if they could just throw strike one for us, you know, I, we can really feel the ball behind them. So um, really like the team this year. Mm-hmm. This might be like picking favorite children at this point, but any guys Uh-oh. you think will be turning some heads this season, fans maybe should be keeping an eye on? Yeah, I, you know, I, I really, we have a right-handed arm. He's actually out of Calgary. That's a, uh, a young kid here. At, uh, his name's Aiden Newton that, uh, he came here as an outfielder in the fall and, you know, we've been watching him for a few years and staying on him and, and, you know, he committed to us and, um, you know, had a good talk with him in the fall and, and, you know, our thoughts were, you know, if you need to move to the mound and, you know, I think he can play college baseball at the, at the, you know, in the outfield, uh, but 
professionally. I really think he's has a chance to play professional baseball uh, on the mound. And, and he agreed. And, and, you know, it's been some ups and downs so far this spring with him, but it's a, a very, very good arm. And, you know, as, as we keep going here, he'll, um, you know, he'll figure things out and, and it's a very exciting arm. He's, you know, low nineties with, you know, a chance of even getting better as he keeps growing and getting bigger. There's a lot of room there for him to grow. And, you know, defensively and offensively, I, I think that we got a, uh, you know, a real young group that, uh, you know, to name just one or two, I don't know if I could do that. I, I just like our team in whole, as a whole, like they're, you know, one through nine, I think we can hit and uh, I really think we can defend this year. So. I, there, I'm not playing a favorite. Joe. <laughs> Fair enough. When you look at this team, though, and, and you and I were talking off air about this, is when you have those two years of ups and downs, you're you're constantly thinking about the development part. How excited are you about the opportunity to finally get back to that part of the game? It's less about the wins and losses, almost, but seeing these players and athletes develop into the, the into what they can become. Yeah, you know what? Let's I. I... I think the developing part, we've been doing a good job of that. It's, it's, you know, you, you, you mentioned the wins and losses and that's the part that, um, that we need to figure out down here. It's, I think developing, you know, to, to where these kids are today, we've had that opportunity because we haven't, you know, got to play games and we've been in the weight room and getting bigger and stronger and, you know, and in the batting cages and all that sort of stuff, but it's the, you know, how to win games those close games and what it takes to win it at the college level is, is what we've been missing the last two years. And, um, you know, that's the part that hopefully our coaching staff down here can, can figure out and, and teach these kids that, you know, it's one thing, you know, to, you know, to hit in a cage or, or throw bullpens or whatever, but it, it's a heck of a lot different when you're, you're out on the field in the springtime and trying to win games. And, um, I think we're going to get there with that. It's just, you know, we, we just really have no leadership because we've really had no one in that position that on our varsity team that have, have gone through it. And, um, but we're, we're going to get there. We're talented enough that, um, that we'll get there. And if, if we don't, it's, it's on us coaches. So. Do you have any expectations of yourself as a coach and as a coaching group, especially coming out of a pandemic where a lot of these guys, as you mentioned, are are kind of trying to get their feet back under them and might have some, whether it's early struggles on the mental side of the game or just trying to figure themselves out physically, do you change your mindset a little bit as a coach? Yeah, I, I think this, you know, you, you mentioned the mental side and, the, and I think that's been the biggest um you know, working with the kids the last two years, uh, and you know what, maybe not even mentally on the baseball field, just, but just mentally, you know, it, going to school and just their, their lives in general have been turned upside down. Like, you know, like all of ours have, but, um, you know, to try to find that to help them get through some of this crap that we've gone through in the last two years is, you know, it, it's almost nice that they get to come to the baseball field and forget about all that crap and, 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 you know, mentally, just all they have to think about is the baseball end of things. But it's been a it's been an interesting two years when it comes to you know even the off field stuff. But um, you know, mentally on the baseball field, I I think it's just you know it, it's kind of our 
our approach down here that, you know, you work hard and, and you have that blue collar approach that the mental aspect will take care of itself. And, you know, by just taking care of working and, and, and getting better each day. So let's go back in time for a while here. You're a Southern Alberta guy, born and raised, played your youth ball in Claire's home. Tell us a bit about the baseball scene growing up along that highway two corridor. <laughs> that's that's a few years ago. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think it was, my dates might be wrong here, but I'll, I'll do my best here. I think it was like 1984, um, 1983, 1984, the uh, American Legion baseball was, was uh, Fort McLeod was trying to form an American Legion program. And mm-hmm. at that time I was 13, 14 years old. And, um, you know, so before that, it was basically just Little League Baseball where, you know, back then you, you played 20 games and that was a big season for, you know, playing baseball. And, you know, and, you know, it, so back then it's it was pretty exciting living in Clarestone that Fort McLeod was trying to start this team. And, um, you know, I had the good fortune of when I was 14 years old that I tried out for the Legion team and, and there was me and a couple other 14-year-olds that made it. And, you know, that's kind of where I started to fall in love with the game was was those first couple of years with the, the Fort McLeod Royals. So mm-hmm. and, the, and the good thing was that they, they hired the head coach who was Reed Spencer, uh, who was actually a school teacher in Clarison where I went to school. So, um, you know, I got to know Reed pretty well through um, just being in, in classroom with him. But yeah, that's a few years ago, Joe. <laughs> well, and you mentioned Reed Spencer, and he may have taught me computer class as well. So this this goes into uh, the connection that Todd and I have. Um, who got you into baseball in the first place? How did you get into baseball in the first place? Was anyone really instrumental in pushing you in that direction? You know what? It's where you grew up, and that's where you know my roots were. Was you know Carmen Gay, Alberta, and and it you know it just happened to be that. Uh, you know, all the farmers out there, uh, uh, you know, they, they played slow pitch every summer and, you know, went to all the, the small town tournaments, Picture Butte, Carmen Gay, Barons, Champion. And, and, you know, and, and I always just followed my dad when I was, you know, four years old or whatever. And, and there was another kid my age, uh, his name was Warren Shear, that, uh, you know, they would go out and play and, and we would just grab our gloves and, and I mean, we'd throw a baseball for, you know, two hours straight. Just that's kind of where I started playing baseball was just, you know, following my dad around to slow pitch tournaments. And, um, you know, Carmigay didn't really have much baseball for for the for young kids in Little League or anything like that. And I really didn't get involved with, you know, organized baseball until I moved to Clarisome in, in 1980. And. Uh, started playing some house league, little league there, along with some all-star baseball. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was, I mean, my dad loved baseball growing up. He coached, you know, teams back in the, I guess in the sixties and, and yeah, I just fell in love with it. Did you grow up hearing those stories of the old circuits that came through Claire's home, Grand and Vulcan, Carmagate and the names and the folklore that came with those circuits back in the day? You know what? I was pretty young at the time, and and I, I, I did, you know, not really, but I, I got to, you know, witness those fields, like you know, the Granham field that was, you know, just east of town, and and the Carmingay field that was, you know, just north of town, and you know, was same with Champion and stuff and Barons. Like I, you know, that we, 
my dad played slow pitch on all those fields. And, you know, those were some, I heard my dad talk about the old, you know, the old days when, you know, the, they'd bring in guys from the U S to come Mm -hmm. up and play. And, but, you know, I, I didn't really get into it that much other than, you know, I, some of the players that played up here, like, you know, the, probably the biggest one was like Pat Gillick type thing that, Mm -hmm. You know that I think he played with the Granham White Sox, and I, I, I'm not sure what Balkan's team was, but I think he spent some time in Balkan one summer too. So, yeah, that was exactly where I was getting to. Is I remember the name that always stuck out to me when Dad was telling stories was Willie Wolasco was sort of the uh, the ringer that was always brought in, and 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 it sent me down this rabbit hole where eventually Alberta Dugout Stories was created. So it's amazing how uh, that all comes full circle when it comes to uh, growing up and and wanting to be a, a ball player. Eventually, did you have anyone who you were idolizing on the professional scale? Was there a team that you were always cheering for? Well, I, I think back then it was the the Los Angeles Dodgers, um, and again, that's that's who my dad, that's who my dad's team was. So of course, that you know that's who I I fell in love with. But you know, back then you didn't get to watch them uh, like you do today. Like you you might catch a game every Sunday or something like mm-hmm. that, or you know when playoffs rolled around. But you know the old follow the box scores in the newspaper or listen to scores in the morning to find out you know how the Dodgers were doing and. Um, you know, that's, those are the, the Steve Garvey, Ron say, like those guys that, uh, Mike Sosha, like all those old guys that I remember, you know, dad always talking about them, but so I, you know, I, I, I didn't really, because of the, you know, back then there was, you know, I, I had three TV channels and, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were all local channels, you know, you didn't have your, your sports net and. TSN back then so you didn't really get opportunities to watch those guys play but you know that I I guess my mentor that you know where I started to fall in love with the game would like really fall into love with the game was you know my my second last year with the Fort McLeod Royals the the American Legion program when uh, they hired Rocky Musgraves to come up here and coach and um, you know his passion for the game is where you know, I, I started really to fall in love with it and, and wh- how much the game meant to him and 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 just how much it passed even into his normal life. And um, and th- that's where, you know, I, even to this day, some of his beliefs are, you know, the things I believe in with the game, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the game teaches you more than just the game. And and I, I truly believe that. And you know, I'd run through a wall for that man. So <laughs> very cool. I was reading a few articles and it appears you threw a no hitter back in 1988 with Willow Creek composite high school Cobras. I'm curious. Do you remember that game at all? No. <laughs> who did, who was it against? I'm curious what high school. Was I, you know what? I didn't dive that? into that one, but I can, I do have a few other details for you. You ended up winning the game three, one, you gave up four walks in the first inning before retiring every batter afterwards. And you also hit a home run in that game as well. And that seemed to be a pretty common thing that you did, uh, was you helped your own cause because obviously there was no DH back then. So the pitchers were batting and you were doing pretty well on both sides of the field. So from that that standpoint was that something that you always prided yourself on was being kind of one of those all-around good ball players yeah i think so i mean i you know back in the day i thought i threw pretty hard but you know as as 
you, you go into coaching everything, you realize, you know, I was a pie thrower, soft lefty. So, <laughs> you know, but back then I, I, my, I was a very competitive kid at anything I did, whether it was, you know, playing marbles on the side or, or shooting pool or whatever. It was always about, you know, I, I wanted to win at mm-hmm. all costs. And, and, you know, back then I, when I, especially the, you know, the, with the Fort McLeod Royals, like, you know, I, I went up as a pitcher, a left-handed pitcher to throw for them. But, um, you know, my love, I, I still, my love is hitting and, um, but I, yeah, I, I, I think I was a pretty all round good baseball player. I, you know, I could play the, out, I was a left-handed thrower. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I was stuck in either the outfield or first base. So, um, but yeah, I could hold my own on the mound and, and I could hit a little bit. So mm. well, obviously, and, and you did well enough that you ended up going to North Idaho college. You were an all conference player at that. You mentioned the fact that you look back on it and you were a pie thrower, but I'm curious nowadays, how would you scout yourself as a ball player? Oh, wow. Good question. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely scout myself as a hitter. That's, you know, I, I enough that I, I th- I, could, I think I could throw and get people out at the college level, and I did. Like I I, I remember I, I think I threw about four or five games down in college just because in the early spring or whatever you're you run into some tournament play and everyone's on pitch counts and stuff like that, and and you know so I'd go in and if I told coach if he needed an arm or whatever that I could go in and throw and and I did quite well. I you know I could get guys out, but um. You know, I, I always hit in the middle of the lineup, even in college. I'd hit, you know, three, four uh, for whatever team I ever played on. And, and I, I, I just, I, I felt like I, my best was, uh, was a hitter. I, you know, I had a short, quick swing and, and, you know, velocity never scared me. And, and, but yeah, I, that's how I would scout myself as, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, he can hit at any level type thing. So. Very cool. Uh, you went straight into coaching from there. Was that a conscious decision or was there an opportunity that you found you just couldn't pass up to go that route? Uh, you know what? And, and I talked about, you know, Rocky a little earlier there. And, and I think that's where I, you know, started to, if there was ever an opportunity to coach, I, I, I would love to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I spent one summer out in with the Oyen Pronghorns and, Rocky was actually coaching that team uh, and we ended up winning the, it was called the, the SMBL back mm-hmm. then. And we had a really, really good team back and back then. And, uh, you know, and that's when the, the Prairie Baseball Academy was starting to rev up and, and, uh, you know, they went through their first year and, and, uh, Doug Jones is, you know, from Oyen or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and he talked to me and said, you know, do you think you'd be interested in coaching? And I said, well, yeah, I think I would be. And so, you know, after the season or whatever, I, I, uh, went to Lethbridge and, uh, stopped at coach Kubasek's house and, you know, had about an hour conversation with him about, you know, joining the Prairie baseball and start coaching. And, you know, that's 20, 27 years ago that we had that talk and, and, and I'm glad we did. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty neat when you can go through life with never having to work a day in your life. So, and that's how I look at it. It's, it's, you know, when you're passionate about something, it's, you can't wait to get up in the morning and get going. So. And what was it about that program in the early days that made you think, you know what, this is the place I want to go. 
I think because of the, at the, at the beginning, you know, we didn't have a baseball field. We didn't have a facility and, you know, we really didn't have anything. I, you know, our first couple of years or whatever, we'd rent out a, uh, you know, a strip mall building and, and set up a hitting cage in there, you know, where you could get one hitting cage in and we'd run camps and run our 40 guys through there and, and have a little weight room somewhere stuffed up in the corner there. And, you know, it was, and, you know, the, the vision of everyone that was involved back then with, you know, with coach Kubi and, and, uh, Keith Jorgensen, Doug Jones, Rick Pascal, um, you know, to, to keep this thing going and growing it. And it seemed in those early years that every year, you know, there was something new coming, whether that was, you know, Lloyd Nolan Yard or, um, or just getting the better players as the, you know, as the, as the program kept growing and, um, you know, and, and you just, you kind of fall in love with the process of what, you know, what every new year is bringing. And it was, you know, it, pretty incredible what those gentlemen built down here in, you know, in the late, in the early, or sorry, mid nineties, late nineties and, and how far it's come to this day of what we have down here. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask about that side of it is when you look back at, you know, 1995, 96 and the, the bare bones that you had versus what you have today, how crazy is it to, to kind of look back and have that, that hindsight 2020 thing working for you? Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty hot. Like I, you know, I, I wish the kids could see what this pro where this program was, you know, 20 over 25 years ago and to where it's come to today. And and how much baseball has grown in this community. And, you know, I, I firmly believe without Prairie Baseball Academy, I, I really don't think you have the Vauxhall Academies, the Okotoks Academies, the, you know, the academies up in Edmonton. And I, I think it was kind of the, you know, Prairie Baseball has helped grow baseball in this province immensely. And, you know, Alberta is, you know, a powerhouse in Canada now for, for baseball and and I truly believe PBA has a big part of that and you know and that's we don't we don't see a lot of those players because you know they're moving on to division one schools and everything but I you know I I truly believe if without free baseball I, I baseball wouldn't be where it's at in this province. Mm-hmm. And you've certainly been a central piece in a lot of what's developed here, including being the first coach of the Lethbridge Bulls, for example. And reading some of the archives there, those were some interesting times in what was originally, as you mentioned, the SMBL and then the WMBL. You even got to play a little bit. I remember actually working in Medicine Hat covering the team, and you you and Greg Morrison both had to had to suit up because of a shortage of arms, a shortage of bats. It, kind of an interesting time, to say the very least. What was it like trying to get back into it just to, just to fill a void? <laughs> yeah, you know, those years, your rosters were, I think we probably had about 18 guys is all on our rosters. And, um, you know, if, if, if we played in a tournament or whatever, and, and <laughs> back then it wasn't, you know, we, I, I remember we, we went to, I think it was Yorkton or something, and played in a tournament during our league, uh, in the middle of our league. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're playing in a tournament, and the kids need a break or whatever on the mound or whatever. So, yeah, I remember suiting up a few times and playing. And um, I think that first year, second year I coached too, it, we got to the end of the year and basically I lost my whole pitching staff because they had to get back to school. And, you know, we're playing Moose Jaw in the final and 
you know, there's no arms left. So mm-hmm. I, I ended up throwing the final to against Moose Jaw. And, you know, I, it's that, that league has grown quite a bit since those days, but um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. You know, I'm competitive. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I gave her all I had. So, but I tell you what, I couldn't lift my arm for a few days after those, <laughs> those outings. <so. laughs> uh, like you, you've had such incredible success, whether it's with PBA, you've won CCBC championships, you've moved players along to, to bigger and better things. You've virtually seen it all. When looking back on it, what are you most proud of? Yeah, I, I think the the alumni. I think when you you know you see where um, the kids that you coached in the early days at where they're at today and how successful they are, um, you know whether it's their own business or working for large companies or um, you know or just how you know great they are as dads and everything is is something that's that we're always so excited to, you know, to follow the social media on Facebook and Instagram and all that and, and just follow our alumni. And it, that's, you know, and, and right now we have, I believe we have three players in our program that I coach their dads, hmm. um, you know, and that's, it, it just shows how much this, you know, Prairie baseball has, has grown in the 20 the some years and how strong our alumni you know, how strong our alumni are. And, we, you know, this weekend we just had our banquet and, um, you know, we reached out to our alumni just to buy dinners for the boys. And, you know, we, it, it was awesome. We ended up having, I think, a hundred and between 150 and 160 dinners were bought by our alumni for, you know, the banquet that mm-hmm. night. And it's, that's something that I, I know Coach Kubasek is really proud of. And it's something that I'm really proud of too. Mm-hmm. what's it meant to you to be able to give back to the baseball community like you have year after year with whether it be PBA or a- anywhere else in Southern Alberta? Yeah. You know what? I, as I, as I get older, like I, you know, my, my kids have grown and all that. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of years in the summer chase after I was done coaching in the, uh, you know, coaching the bulls. I, I stopped because I was missing a lot of family time in the summertime and, and then I, you know, I started coaching them and, and, you know, it, I, those were some fun years coaching those young kids and, and watching them grow as, as kids and players and, um, and, and to see where those kids are today, you know, like there's, uh, you know, the, my nine-year-old team that I had with uh, my one team, I think there's seven guys that are still playing, you know, mm-hmm. college baseball. So that's pretty exciting. And, and. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed those, those years. Those were some of the best years on, on a baseball field where not on the PBA field, but on those little league fields, teaching those young, those young guys, how to play the game the right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've mentioned Kubi a couple of times now, and, and I wanted to get just some straight up thoughts from you on the man that you ended up replacing. You were his right-hand man for quite a while. And then you became coach of that program. What has he meant to uh, you and to the baseball scene in, in Alberta? Yeah, you know what? I I'll even go back to the to the beginning of Prairie baseball, and and I mentioned my other mentor, uh, Rocky. Which mm-hmm. I mean, he was pretty big Southern Alberta baseball guy back in the day with the Fort McLeod Royals, where they won a couple, you know, regional championships. And you know, I I know Rocky uh, applied for the 
Prairie Baseball Academy job too. That in in I think, I think it's '94, right when they mm-hmm. when they did all the interviews or whatever, and and you know he didn't get it, and, and Coach Kubasek got the job, and you know I was disappointed. At how how could they ever, you know, not hire Rocky? Like he's the best guy that I I know on on a baseball field. Like that's crazy, and you know, and then you know after that first year or whatever, I joined PBA and got to know Coach Kubasek and. You know, and I've told this to Coach Kubasek, I and I said it to Rocky too. I said they hired the right guy, and you know his passion for baseball and um and for growing the game. And you know, with without him, I you know I truly believe we wouldn't have Lloyd Nolan Yard. I don't think we'd have our indoor and I uh, Prairie Baseball Academy. You know, wouldn't be where it's at today without um, the early Coach Kubasek and what what he meant to the program and um, uh, baseball through and through that man and very passionate and very most, one of the most frank guys I've ever met in my life where, um, you know, if he was disappointed in you and he'd tell you right away. And if he was, you know, mad at you, he'd tell you right away, but also 20 minutes later, it was water under the bridge and it was time to move forward. And those are, you know, that's probably one of the biggest traits I took from him is, it's okay to be mad at someone, but it's also, you know, you can't sit there and dwell and be, you know, upset with someone for, you know, a couple of days, like let's move on. And and that's one thing that, you know, even to this day, if, you know, I, the kids probably get a crack out of it, but you know, if I'm a little upset on the baseball field and, and, you know, yelling and screaming at them and all of a sudden five minutes later, I'm having a quiet conversation with them in the dugout and they're probably going, okay, what the hell's this guy, you know? playing mind games with me or something, but that's just, you know, I got that from coach and, and, you know, it's, it's show passion, but also show that, you know, you, you care about these kids the other way. And that's, that was coach Kuby. You've said some really kind words about coach Kuby. I'm curious, what do you hope players say about you as they come out of it and look, you know, 25 years, 2020 hindsight, what do you hope your legacy is as a coach? You know what? I, I hope it's similar to what you know the kids talk about Coach Kubasek, and that's that that I cared, and um, and not just about baseball cared, but like just you know in life in general cared that I I wanted to follow them after PBA and and you know on how they're doing and uh, and know that I was passionate about this game and know that I I pushed them, um, you know because I love them, not because I you know, was, I was a hard ass coach or anything. It was because I wanted the best out of them. And, you know, another good point on coach Kuby was, you know, if, if, if you're not yelling at a kid and you're quiet to a kid and you never show that, you know, that side of you to a kid, then it's probably, you don't think much of that kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think that when you show passion and and show that you care and, you know, want to push a kid, whether, you know, that's, you know, give him a hug, but also, you know, if that's a little bit of, kicking the butt too. I think that's, you know, that's what these kids need. And, and, you know, I hope that they see that, that, you know, me pushing them was, you know, to get the best out of them. And, and, you know, 25 years from now, I hope that's what they see. Mm. Pretend I'm a first year guy coming into one of your camps. What's the number one piece of advice you're giving me if I've got a dream to live a life in baseball? Ooh, good question, Joe. I, I, for Prairie Baseball Academy, and this might mm-hmm. not be for everybody, but 
for Prairie Baseball Academy, come in here with the attitude of that you're going to outwork the guy beside you. You're going to spend the extra hours in the weight room, that you're going to spend the extra hours in the batting cage, that, you know, that academics come first. And, you know, those are the guys that have success or the ones that, you know, if, you know, a lot of times, you know, you go home at night and then I forgot something at work and I come back and it's 930 at night and there's two guys hitting in the cage upstairs, you know, those are the guys that have success or the ones that put the time in. And, you know, the, if you come in here with, to play baseball with that approach that you're going to outwork people beside you, you know, you're going to have success. And you know what, it, hopefully you have success on the baseball field, but for sure you'll have success in life. Mm. Final question for you here. What does the game of baseball mean to you? You know what? It's It's been my life for 27 years. Like, Well, even longer than that. I mean, I'm just talking coaching. And, you know, it's it's part of who I am. It's part of who my family is. It's, you know, it's, you know, my family knows that, you know, a lot of times baseball has to come first. And, <laughs> Uh, because of the position I'm in and, and I, I've had a, um, you know, and they understand that and have supported me through, through all these years. And, um, you know, I, I don't, it's, it's crazy. I, 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 uh, I, I've, I've lived the perfect, you know, the perfect life, I guess, when it comes to my work, I, I get to come to the yard every day and, and, you know, whether that's fixing the field or, or working with a kid or talking to a, a scout or a coach in the U.S. or it's, you know, it's crazy that, you know, there's a handful of us in Canada that get to do that. And, and I'm one of them. And, and you know, I'm so grateful that I've had that opportunity. And I'm glad that Coach Kubasek saw that in me 26 years ago or however many years ago that was. And, um, you know, and hopefully I'm here for a few more years anyway before I, you know, uh, retire, but it's, it's, it's a way of life. And, and I, I wouldn't want anything else. Well, we are definitely grateful for your time as well, Todd. Absolute pleasure. Congratulations on everything you've accomplished to this point. Continued success this season and beyond with PBA. Thank you so much for sharing some of your stories and joining us here on the podcast. Joe, I appreciate it. And I love listening to your guys' podcasts. They're awesome. The Logan one, I listened to that one the other day. That was awesome. And you, you guys are growing this game like you have no idea. And what you guys do for these young athletes and, and these programs is a true blessing. And, and keep doing it. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks again to Todd Hubcup for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review on your podcast app to help spread the word about us. We'd also like to take a moment to thank our Platinum supporters. The Okotoks Dogs are getting closer and closer to opening day in late May. They'll also be hosting the WCBL All-Star Game in July and are, of course, looking forward to another run for a league championship. You can check them out at dogsbaseball.ca. And AHP Academy has begun playing their spring games against other programs around the province. They have a jam-packed schedule with the goal of helping young athletes in the Edmonton area get to the next level. Head over to ahpbaseball.com for more. Until next time, thank you for all your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.